Over the last two decades, I've been in an insatiable quest to learn everything I can about leadership. What makes the best leaders so good? After running companies small and large over the last 20 years, today, I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo. I'm your host, and I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this very topic and what makes the best leader so good. Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. Hey there, Tomorrow's Leader. So I saw today's guest do a keynote presentation for two, I think it was two and a half hours at a conference I was at. Now that's a long time. Usually a keynote's an hour, and that's tough sometimes to to have a keynote or that's really engaging. This guy was great. Two and a half hours. I learned stuff. He was engaging. So I said, well, what better than to bring him on tomorrow's leader podcast? So Dr. Ben Sorensen is a uh, runs a consulting firm called Sorensen Consulting, and he provides leadership training, sales training, executive coaching. He is a, um, a doctorate uh, or has his doctorate. He's served in the U.S. Navy. Thank you for your service. And he was sworn in as the vice mayor of Fort Lauderdale in 2018. Kind of cool. So uh, without any further ado, I think you're really going to like this. Here is Dr. Ben Sorensen. All right. Welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader related, related to leading yourself and leading others. I'm John Lerito, your host, as you know. I'm here with Ben Sorensen, Dr. Ben Sorensen. Ben, thanks for joining the show. Yeah, you're welcome, John. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you. I, uh, you know, I'm sure I said this in the intro that everybody just heard a minute ago. I saw you back. Uh, I guess that was July in Galloway, and you did uh, a phenomenal job. I've seen tons and tons of keynotes and speakers and whatnot, and you kept everybody engaged, <laughs> enthralled, uh, and great valuable info. So I'm like, I got to get this guy on my podcast. So that was the impetus for this whole thing. So uh, great job, and thanks for joining today. Yeah, no, appreciate it. Glad I glad I could keep you awake during the keynote and happy to be here and chat more. Yeah, you got it. So, um, you know, one of the things that uh, and you've got a lot of leaders that are out there that um, that are tuning in that are trying to learn how to become better leaders. One of the topics you talked a lot about, which I thought um, resonated a, a ton with me and I know it will with other people as well, is the whole concept of feedback. You know, I know leaders struggle, people in general struggle with that. They struggle with getting it um, and they struggle with giving it or sometimes they just don't. Um, what's your perspective on it? I mean, what does that look like to do, I know it's a broad question, but what does it look like when somebody's really great at feedback? Yeah, yeah, it's, I think, you know, of, of all the qualities, I think the ability to give and receive and act on feedback is one of the greatest differentiating factors for leaders. Oftentimes I call it a, a growth mindset, John, of is that executive, is that leader open to feedback interested in receiving it and seek it. And in my experience as an executive coach and, and leadership trainer now for about 20 years, this is one of the core capabilities. If you're gonna bet on on one leader growing and developing and, and doing well in an organization, I think this is the top characteristic. And, and you know, John, one of the things that comes to my mind is last night. So last night we have two little girls, five-year-old and eight, or sorry, six now, six and eight. And we were watching Serena Williams at the U.S. Open, right? Um, you know, has come back and, you know, is, is older for in, in tennis world uh, older. 
and has changed coaches and and and, and won uh, beat the second ranked uh, player in the world last night. And Serena is an example of someone who seeks feedback, who is arguably the greatest tennis player, women's tennis player ever, and yet is constantly seeking coaching, improvement, development, growth. And so if the best in the world, if the Serena Williams of the world are constantly seeking and growing, then I think, you know, all of us uh, can do the same and benefit. Yeah, that's a great point. So how does somebody do that in in business? I mean, it's one thing as an athlete to hire a coach, and maybe that's part of the answer. What are the ways that somebody can do that who might be listening saying, yeah, all right, I guess I, I do need to get that feedback? Yeah, here's the thing is just look around you. We have a wealth of resources around you. And specifically think about, you know, someone that works at a small business. There are maybe three or four folks that work around you in that small business. And you might think to yourself, ah, I'm not, I don't have the money or time or interest in hiring an executive coach or something like that. You've got amazing coaches all around you. These folks probably know you better or as well as some of your closest personal relationships know you. So ask for it. Say, hey. Um, you know, uh, Jane, you're my peer. We've worked together for years. Or, hey, you know, Sally, you're a direct report of mine. Or, hey, Tom, you're my boss. Would you mind giving me a little bit of feedback? I'm trying to grow and develop. Would you be willing to share with me just for 15, 20 minutes a little bit about what you think I'm doing well and what you think I could do to improve? These folks, if you engage and ask for it, you'd be surprised what you get. Now, it doesn't mean everything they tell you, you have to act on and and do something with, but there can be some real great truths that they share with you because they know you so well and you can follow up and use them as a coach and say, hey, great, I wanna work on one or two of those things you just shared with me. Um, Could I follow back with you in a couple months and just ask you what you're seeing from me? How am I doing? You can really grow and improve just by the folks around you. Yeah, that's such a great point. And there's so many times I feel like people have feedback to give and they just, you know, I'm guilty of it too. You know, I'll, I'll hear somebody uh, lead a meeting or watch somebody lead a meeting. I think it's a great meeting, productive. Uh, I'll see them do a keynote or speak and I don't give the feedback. And sometimes it's positive feedback to give. Uh, and and that just goes, you know, it doesn't go anywhere. Other And there are other times where I know somebody could do something better. And so unless somebody's really seeking it out, a vast majority of it probably never gets to the, to the person that it really needs to, right? I think that's right, John. And I think part of that is because how we feel when we give feedback. You know, part of what we might think to ourselves is, gosh, if I give you know, John, this feedback, he might be upset by it. He might disagree with it. He might challenge me on it. So it might not make me feel that good in giving it to him um, because it might have John feel not that good about getting it. And that and that's part of naturally how we all can feel. And what I suggest to folks is if you really care about that person, if you really want to give them an amazing gift, tell them they have spinach in their teeth right? Tell them they have the spinach and the teeth. Tell them they have something that threads hanging down metaphorically from their, in their back pocket or whatever it might be. They will be so appreciative of of it. Maybe not in the moment, maybe it's going to feel a little awkward, but gosh, you can really help them. So just as in our personal lives, and I, I think about our daughters, six and eight years old, right? I give them feedback all the time. Hey, 
clean your room. You didn't do this. You did do this well. Here's an opportunity for why do I do that with them? Why, do, why does my wife give them feedback? Well, because we love them. We want them to grow into wonderful human beings that, that contribute to the world because mm -hmm. we care about them. Mm -hmm. So we should do for those around us. Yeah. So what about on the other end of it? So part of it is being in a position where you're you're open to getting it, you're listening, you're taking action on it. And that's a big part of it, too, because there's nothing worse than asking for feedback and then you get it and you don't do anything with it. You don't change. I, I, I'm reminded of a company that did that. They went on a, a listening tour. They knew there were problems in the organization. They went on an actual listening tours of what they called it across the country, spent all kinds of time, all kinds of money. And uh, they got all kinds of info, really valuable, and then did nothing with it, literally nothing. And I was talking to a leader in that company, said, you know what, honestly, that's the last straw. I'm out of here. I just, so um, there's a lot of that, right? So you got to take the action once you get the feedback, or at least, you know, be, be if you're asking for it, um, be listening with the intent to take feedback, with take action. Yeah, that's right. And I think the first thing you do is you got to thank people. You got to appreciate the folks that are giving you the feedback whether it's positive or corrective feedback, uh, folks are going out on a limb to give you that feedback. So thank them for it, even if you disagree with it. Yeah. Hey, thanks for sharing that with me. You know, I wanna digest that and think about what, what's helpful there. So thank them. And then yes, what is helpful, put into play and then follow back up with them a month later and say, hey, John, you know, thank you for sharing that feedback with me. I put into play, here's what it's led to for me. Mm -hmm. um, so help them see that they are invested in your success. Yeah. How about the other side of that? How about if, if you're giving the feedback? Is there a right way and a wrong way to, to give feedback? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in how you deliver feedback has a profound impact on the receptivity uh, of others for it, the learning ability, the pedagogical value. Um, and so a little tool that I've developed uh, is called spot feedback. And um I, I uh, you know, kind of a, a story that that I've um, uh, has been shared with me is is one about Jack Nicholas and kind of his an experience he had that I think really kind of exemplifies as well. I'm happy to share that with you, John, if you want me to yeah. kind of capture that a little bit. So it's um, Jack Nicholas was uh, getting ready for the 1986 Masters, and um, the Masters uh, starts on Thursday and ends on Sunday, and um, he uh, teed off on, on Thursday and started playing and just played poorly, wasn't hitting the ball well. And he played so poorly on Thursday, it looked like he might miss the cut uh, on Friday night, which would have been a real uh, kind of uh, earth shattering moment in the golf world. And so tough day Thursday. So he went back to his hotel and uh, he got a phone call and uh, he answered the phone and it was his high school golf coach. And Jack's high school golf coach said, hey, Jack, I, I was out there on the links today watching you. And Jack, your right thumb is on the left side of the club shaft. As a result, you're rotating too quickly through the swing and it's affecting your accuracy. Move your right thumb to the right side of the club shaft and you're going to have a little bit of a slower rotation and greater accuracy. So end of the phone call. Uh, next day's Friday. Jack goes out to the course. What does he do? Moves the thumb left to right. It matters. It helps him, actually. It, it does improve his accuracy. He recovers enough to make the cut Friday night. Saturday goes out, moves the thumb again, makes a charge at the leaderboard. Sunday, leader falters. Jack wins a 1986 uh, Masters, one of the great comebacks in golf history. 
So that to me exemplifies what I call spot feedback, which is um, first, the first kind of um, letter in the acronym spot is specific. So specific time when you observe the behavior and the specific behavior. So you see what Jack's coach did there is he said, hey, you know, today on the links, tell people when you saw them do what they're doing and the specific behavior. Where's the metaphorical thumb? Right. Then uh, P is the possible impact of that. So what, what's the impact of having your thumb where it was? Well, you heard what Jack's coach said. He said, you know, rotation and accuracy. Then, oh, what's the opportunity to improve uh, and what impact will that have? So, you know, hey, if you move your thumb to the right, that's the opportunity. You're going to have slower rotation, greater accuracy. Uh, and then T is the last uh, letter of the acronym it is timely. Very important that we give feedback in a timely fashion as it happens. A lot of times leaders and organizations, they'll wait till their monthly review or quarterly uh, powwow. No, give that feedback as you get it. Mm, that's such a great point. I, lo- I love that. First of all, I love that story. And that was an <laughs> incredible master's victory. So uh, it even is even more meaningful. Um, and that's that, you know, no, that's that's a really that's a cool story because it's not I don't think it's widely known. I had not heard that. And, um, you know, that's such an, a powerful example of specific feedback. There's nothing worse than somebody giving you feedback and be like, yeah, you know, you just I felt like you kind of missed the mark on that. And it just, you know, the presentation just wasn't really that impactful. It's like, well, I, you know, that doesn't that doesn't give me anything that doesn't tell me anything. And when it's that specific, you know what to do as a result of it. Is there is there a way um you know, I've 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 seen and heard leaders or individuals give feedback where it's kind of the um, they're softening the shores with positive feedback, then the negative, then the positive. It's kind of like good, bad, good. Uh, what's your thought on that? Yeah. Um, so, couple couple thoughts. One, I am not a fan of buffering the negative with some like kind of sandwich positive on the beginning and positive on the end. Um, it, it, it diminishes the meaning of all of the feedback when you do that. So what I what I believe is, look, if you're regularly giving feedback, you should just be comfortable giving that team member a positive feedback. Give them specific spot feedback that's po- positive, specific about what they did and specific about what the uh, impact of that positive behavior was. Leave it at that. If you have corrective feedback, give them the corrective feedback and, and you don't need to kind of add a positive at the end, just give them the corrective feedback if you're using spot feedback. And then if you are giving someone both positive and corrective feedback at the same time, because hey, you know Ben was giving a presentation, there's some things you liked about it, some things you think he can improve, that's fine because it was in one event. And I would say lead with the negative, lead with the corrective, why? If you lead with the positive and the person you're giving feedback to has a sense that you're also going to give some corrective feedback, they start diminishing in their mind the positive because they're waiting for the other shoe to drop. They're thinking to themselves, okay, what's he going to tell me about what I did wrong because I know it's coming. So actually the positive doesn't land as well. So flip it around. Start with the corrective. Hey, Ben, uh, just was in your presentation. A couple pieces about how I think you can make it even more effective. Here's some spot feedback around two components to make it more effective. And then I want to share with you 
what I think you did really well specifically. That way you're ripping off the Band-Aid. I'm hearing the corrective. I know I'm getting that out of the way and getting the opportunities to improve. And then I can just bask in the glow of the positive, knowing that I'm not going to have to get back and, 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 and rejigger what you're going to give me to mm. correct. I, I love that. That's so that's so power. That's so valuable. I, I speak to a lot of people. I'm sure you do, too, that um, are really frustrated because they're not getting feedback from their leaders. Um, so part of it, I think, is your what you had stated earlier, and that's you've got to ask for it. You've got to seek it. Um, but they're in that situation. They're really kind of rudderless almost. They don't know because they're not given feedback sometimes they don't know how they're doing i've talked to people who are like i don't i don't even know does the ceo think i'm doing a good job bad job whatnot how do i define that so what what is is there a a a good kind of recipe for success for how what the cadence looks like or feedback like i mean is it how often how frequently should somebody be giving feedback to people that are on their team yeah when i'm coaching folks i really encourage them they should have they should be meeting with their boss once every two weeks. I think once every two weeks is a, you should set a calendar appointment for that. And it can be maybe a half hour, 20 minutes, once every two weeks. Two weeks gives sufficient time to see how you're progressing on different projects and asking for that feedback. Hey John, you know, thanks for getting together today. Just wanted to touch base, how, how, anything, any feedback you want to give me about how we've been doing, here's a couple of things I've been working on. That cadence is really important. If your boss is not giving you um, feedback, ask them and say, hey, one of the things I'm really trying to work on is my growth and personal development. Would, over the next couple of weeks, would you mind just kind of putting a greater magnifying glass on me or I'm happy to share anything you want me to share with you just to kind of dig in deeper so that I can really start growing and developing uh, better and addressing my flat spots more effectively. So that's, that's what I also suggest. And then, you know, um, think about really asking for the specific feedback. So let's just say hypothetically my wife gives me some feedback every once in a while let's say that feedback just hypothetically is hey you aren't doing enough around the house great there's a lot of of of, of breadth and width of what i could be doing so hey what specifically do you think and do you want me doing around the house do you want me focused on well hey it's dishes sometimes after dinner you know you don't help clean up as much as i clean up fantastic so ask for the specifics if you're getting the general and also ask for specifics even if you're getting positive. Hey, John, great job on that presentation. Hey, Ben, thanks so much. I'm glad you liked it. What specifically did you like about it? What kind of landed with you? Was there a topic or two that landed with you? Or was it the way I delivered? Ask for the specifics. That way you can repeat those specifics again. I love that. Yeah, great, great, great points. Is there, do you factor in at all different social styles? I mean, there's obviously everybody's a little bit different in terms of their personality and social styles. How, how much do you pay attention to that and let that factor in? Yeah, I think, and that's kind of, that, that gets you moving from checkers to chess, the kind of more three-dimensional thinking about uh, supporting folks and teaming with them is, yeah, we should be adaptive. And, and whatever social style model uh, you all are familiar with as you're listening, whether it's Myers-Briggs or DISC or we have one we call customer tells, whatever style you, model you're familiar with, use that to say, okay, how can I adapt, adjust a little bit to the person who I'm giving the feedback to? One of the 
greatest bosses I've ever worked for was an amazing boss of mine at a pharmaceutical company. And it was just amazing. He was so adaptive to the different team members to figuring out, okay, what motivates each of these team members? Is it a bonus? Is it a doing a job well done? Is it public recognition? You know, what is it? And then developing the coaching and feedback around that. So if someone was focused on, you know, promotion, and, and looking at opportunities. It was giving feedback and helping couch the feedback in terms of, hey, if you do these things, it's gonna help set you up for your next role as you move up in the organization. If it's someone on a, interested in a bonus, then couching it towards that. So that can be helpful in addition to the style when you're thinking about, is it someone who's more analytical and wants a lot of data and information? So in giving them feedback, it can be helpful to show them the numbers and show them their performance based. If it's someone who's more kind of expressive extrovert, how this matters to the broader strategic vision. So yes, tying in more of that to feedback can be very helpful. Yeah, that makes a, that makes a lot of sense, and I I feel like there's uh, there's a lot lost when somebody's assuming everybody's the same way, you know, and there's there's just everybody's taking in information the same way, everybody's motivated by the same thing, everybody's dealing with conflict the same way. Um, last question on feedback, and then I want to move on to some other things. How about somebody looking or feeling the need or desire, wanting to give feedback to somebody above them? Uh, is that different? And do they approach that a little bit differently than they might yeah. give it to, to somebody, a subordinate? Absolutely. It's different and it's more dangerous. Uh, let's just be real. It's more dangerous. It's giving feedback up. They've got power over you. This can go wrong and it can hurt you. So um, it, it increases the importance of spot feedback or something like spot feedback in the specificity. The last thing you want to do is give general feedback up to someone especially if it's critical feedback, because one, they're not going to be able to do much to it, to with it. And two, it increases the likelihood that they're going to take that feedback personally, because general feedback, hey, Ben, you're, you, you, you haven't been too responsive to my emails, or hey, Ben, you aren't really engaged with the team. Those things are, are really uh, going personally and are, and are tough to fix. So important to be very specific. One of the pieces when you're giving feedback up to lay the foundation is specifically sharing what is going well. So what is it that your boss is doing that is having a positive impact on you and others? So that's important to lay a, a good foundation with that. Catch them doing things right. One, because they're more likely to do it. So you're gonna, you know, it's gonna help the work environment totally. And then two, it also provides a very good opening for you to share that corrective feedback. And I think when you get feedback up, it can be helpful to say, hey, um, I'd, I'd love to get some feedback from you around, you know, how I'm doing both positively and correctively. And then, look, I'm happy to give you some feedback if you'd like about, you know, things I think you're doing well and, and opportunities. So open, you know, part the curtain a little bit and see how they respond generally to that. If they're open and say, oh, yeah, sure. Happy to do that. That'd be great. Then a great opening for it and engaging. Gotcha. Great, great stuff. Um, let's switch gears a little bit. I know you work with tons of different leaders, high achievers, people that are running companies, people that are uh, are moving up the ladder and achieving lots of success. Let's talk about attitude because that's one of the things I, I think people, uh, I've seen people that have such a great ability to control or influence significantly what's going on up here and there's other people that just tend to you know things come into their head and it affects their day uh what have you seen what are the what are the keys to to having the right 
mental outlook and, and mindset. Um, what does that look like? How does somebody influence and control it? Yeah. So I think mindset is just vital. Um, and, and, you know, I, I have a bias for this. I, I think it, just as we're talking about coaching, John, um, I believe we all need a mental coach and that's called a therapist or a psychologist. And I just think everyone should have one. I don't, it, as healthy and wonderful as, as, as everyone may be, we can all benefit from it. Again, Serena Williams, does she have someone who helps her with mindset and cognition? I guarantee you she does. Um, so I, I've had a therapist now for years and years. Um, they help me understand what's going through my head. How do I respond to different situations professionally, personally? What are some of the, the my life experiences that shape how I view things, how I react to things? It is just a tremendous asset. So I just, one, I encourage everyone to do that. Um, two, it's looking at how do we respond? So one of the key pieces for the mindset is, it, it's something I created, I call AAA. So it's, it's first just being aware of what's going on internally, how you're responding to events. Um, and, and it's called self-talk is what is going on internally. So one, be aware of it. Then two, assess what you're saying to yourself. So a couple questions that can be helpful to ask yourself. Hey, is what I'm saying to myself accurate? A lot of times what we're saying is not accurate. And then two, is what I'm saying to myself going to get me in a healthy emotional state? Um, and then three, the third step, if either of those answers is no, like I'm no, not being accurate or it's not going to get me into a healthy emotional state, then you got to go to the third step, which is adjust. So assess. So sorry, aware, assess, adjust. And you got to adjust your self-talk if it's not accurate or not getting into healthier states, tweak it a little bit so it is accurate and will get you into a healthier emotional state. How do you, this might be a tough question. How do you do that? How do you adjust your self-talk? If somebody recognizes and this, like, I know there's the wrong stuff I'm saying to myself. Any tips? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, let's say you, you, um, you given a presentation, and you, and you fumble a little bit. You just you stumble. You aren't articulate. Um, maybe you miss a, a question and you actually say the wrong thing. So how are you feeling after that presentation? Well, probably not that good. And probably what you're saying to yourself might be something like, gosh, I really messed that up. Um, I, I fumbled on the question. I, I, I wasn't articulate. People probably think I, I'm not knowledgeable about that topic. They probably view me uh, less uh, effectively in my job as, as maybe they did uh, previously. So that's it's fair to have that immediate reaction. And what I would say is don't stay there long because cognitively you're at a big disadvantage when you enter in this part of the brain called the limbic, which is a whole nother discussion, but uh, part of your brain that's more critical, anxious, frustrated, you actually can't think as well, you're not as creative, you don't bring solutions to the table as effectively. So it's fair to beat yourself up for a couple seconds, but just don't stay there. So say to yourself, okay, you know what? I did have some misses there. Now, why did I have those misses? Was it that I was a little bit nervous? Did I not prepare as much? How could I adjust a little bit next time so that I'm improving? And is there anything I can do to, even though I did have some misses in the meeting, could I follow up with some of those folks in the meeting and just call it out and say, hey, uh, sorry, I missed the question. I wanted to get you back with, with the right information. I apologize for that. Um, so what can I do now to improve on what happened? And also realizing that everyone makes mistakes. And so if I show the humility of 
accepting the mistake, acknowledging it and correcting, you know what, that's actually going to set me up for success in the future. Yeah, such a great, great point. And I think this is that's this is a topic that a lot of people struggle with, you know, and it's we've all had days where we wake up, something happens and it could be something small and it just gets in our head. Maybe it's a bad call or bad email or whatever or something totally unrelated to work. And all of a sudden we've got this attitude that. Uh, is infecting the rest of our day. So uh, what, I, what I'm what i taking away is, and hearing you say, is number one, you really got to be aware and and uh, conscious of what's going on in your head. What are you saying to yourself? How are you yes. feeling? Because that's going to dictate the decisions you make, how you act, how you interact with people, everything. I, I think about that as a leader. You know, you're interacting with people all day. You know, who's to say somebody reads your body language, your attitude, your interaction in the wrong way, and it's because of something that happened earlier in the day, they could take that entirely the wrong way. You know, if you and I are interacting, I might think to myself, geez, Ben must be angry at me, or he doesn't like me, or doesn't think I'm performing well. And in reality, that could have be nothing in your mind. You could think the entire opposite, but because your attitude is not changed from a prior engagement. Uh, so I think leaders need to understand how important this is. Yep, you know. absolutely. And I think being humble is such an important quality of leaders, I think. Um, so being humble in the sense of saying, hey, John, <laughs> you know, I just got out of that meeting. I feel like I really didn't contribute much. And when I was asked that one question, I didn't even know how to respond. So it's just a tough day for me to start off with. But, you know, look, I'm going to try to work to kind of turn things around here. And, uh, um, you know, just appreciate your shoulder to cry in here for a minute uh, as, as I try to, you know, uh, flip flip the script here a little bit. So yeah. show, leaders showing the miss that they have and showing the stumble that they have um, gives everyone else permission uh, to stumble and, and make mistakes. And the research has been really clear on this is – when organizations have greater forgiveness among team members, greater forgiveness, the creative solutions to customers' needs increase dramatically. Creativity is directly related to forgiveness. The more leaders show forgiveness, the more team members say to themselves, hey, you know what, maybe I can try that new initiative. Maybe we can uh, invest in that new product line and see what happens there because you know what, I know if I mess up that, that you know, John's a forgiving person and that I'll, I'll have another chance. I love that. That's so, so true. And there's a great examples of a lot of companies that have that culture. And because of it, um, you know, 3M is a great example of one that comes to mind where they have so many different inventions that come from mistakes that people made. But people feel so comfortable talking about their mistakes. They're almost rewarded for talking about their mistakes because your mistake may be somebody else's uh, secret formula for something they're trying to create. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, so, so, so great. Uh, well, Ben, this has been fantastic. I know we're, we're out of time, um, but uh, lots of uh, that you have to offer in uh, what you do and sharing uh, about leadership and about personal development and personal achievement. If people want to learn more and they want to learn more about you and what you do, what's the best place for them to go and how do they do that? Oh, thanks, John. Um, you can go to my website, bensorensonconsulting.com, bensorensonconsulting.com, or follow me on Twitter, Ben Sorensen uh, is, is my handle. Excellent. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you joining. I know I'm going to see you in another uh, month or so, so I'm looking forward yes. to that and uh, looking forward to hearing uh, more great stuff from you, but appreciate you joining and sharing your wisdom with the audience. 
Thanks so much, John. Appreciate it. You got it. And thanks all for joining today on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader. We've been here with Dr. Ben Sorensen. We'll have all the links down below of uh, his information and where you can find him. Be sure to check him out. As always, like, share, subscribe, and go down below, give a five-star review, and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader. For suggestions or inquiries about having me at your next event or personal coaching, reach me at john at loritogroup.com. Once again, that's J-O-H-N at L-A-U-R-I-T-O-G-R-O-U-P.com. Thanks. Lead on.